You are listening to Voiced Experiencing Homelessness. I'm Courtney Bonas. And I'm Lori Bowes. For today's episode, we'll be introducing you to Sarah P., a client at LTHC. Her story is reflective of the larger narrative of homelessness, as you will hear in this episode that touches on eviction, living with a disability, and the trauma surrounding homelessness. When we spoke to Sarah, she had been at LTHC for about a month. Originally from Texas, she has two children, around 13 and 10, although she doesn't live with them currently. She has an estranged relationship with the father of her children and doesn't feel welcome with his family at this time, uh, turning to LTHC and friends for support and community. Bearing in mind that LTHC is a day center, Sarah has struggled to find consistent physical shelter, causing her to sleep behind the local payless on more than one occasion. On top of experiencing the trauma of homelessness, Sarah has lived with numerous disabilities over her lifetime, including dealing with a gunshot wound to the head as a child and knee problems that have impacted her ability to work. Sarah first experienced homelessness after being evicted from her home a month ago, shortly after losing her job. I've been crying, and I was like, God, what is this happening to me? And I said, I didn't do anything wrong, and I don't belong out here. And, you know, I've just been crying and, and fighting with him. I'm not looking at him. It's not his fault. On top of the stress and hardship she faced after eviction, she felt she couldn't really turn to many people in her life for support and connection. I'm trying to cope with his family, but I, I don't feel comfortable with his family because uh, I never returned to them. And I always helped always helped them out. And now I'm in this position, so I don't want to turn to them. I'm not used to it. Yeah, but I mean, I should, but it's just too many. They got too much to deal with. And why leave more on them? That's the point. I'll go to my friend's house, and I was before God got real cold. He makes me mad. I started going, you don't want to listen. He does listen. He loves me. It's just, he, it's not working out right now, the yeah. situation. And I'm just sleeping outside in the street behind Payless. Like, what am I doing here? I'm hungry. I got food and everything. I got, you know, food stamps and everything. But why am I sitting out here eating out here? You know, just thinking. And I'm not, and I got, I'm tired of thinking. I got to do what I got to do. Thinking is not going to help. So, yeah, I don't want to be confused or nothing. I'm already that way. Make it worse. Before being evicted, Sarah felt that her disabilities weren't being accommodated for and had to leave her job working at the Indian Girl. She felt that this job was risking her ability to receive adequate compensation for her disabilities. I have to walk and my leg is hurting me. I have a disability. Um, my shoulder, my lung, all on my right side and my leg. And I got shot in the head when I was little. You know, so I'm trying to deal with everything. That I'm, I don't want to lose my social security. I lost my health. I don't want to lose my social security. I live by myself. All my family with his, is his family. I'm not used to living with people. I'm just taking care of my family. My kids are getting older. They want to be there. I said, when you be there, I got to be here. I got to do what I got to do. You know, so hopefully everything will work out. In order to appreciate this aspect of Sarah's story, we need to more fully understand the intersection between people who experience homelessness and people who live with disabilities. According to the 2017 Annual Homeless Assessment Report, a yearly report by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, over 500,000 individuals in the nation and roughly 5,500 living in Indiana were experiencing homelessness on any given night. According to the U.S. Interagency Council on Homelessness, 85,000 of those individuals were with disabling health conditions who had been homeless for long periods of time, some for years or decades. In 2014, over 500 Hoosiers were experiencing chronic homelessness, a term defined by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development as an individual with a disability who has been continuously homeless for one year or more, 
or who has been homeless for at least 12 months when, within three years. These statistics are reflective of individuals with disabilities that are either physical or mental in nature. You know, Lori, I had the opportunity to work with Outreach Inc. in Indianapolis a couple of summers ago, whose mission is specifically equipping and empowering homeless teens and young adults to achieve stability and life transformation. One of their programs is operated by two staff members who visit homeless camps every Saturday, bringing supplies and asking if there are any specific needs. I went with them, and I was surprised by the intersection between individuals experiencing homelessness and individuals with some sort of physical disability. One of the larger camps we visited was under an old abandoned overpass near a distribution center. One of the men we met there pulled us aside and confided to us in secret. He had a disability check on his person and was concerned those that he was living with might find out and try to take it from him. But with excitement, he expressed that this check was going to help him get into a more permanent housing situation in about a week. We met another woman at a different camp who expressed frustration with finding employment. She held out both of her arms, both physically crippled, and told us how it was hard for her to keep a job as she could not physically do work consistently. It was probably very ignorant of me, but before then I had never considered just how much physical ailments or disabilities may impact the likelihood of experiencing homelessness. I guess it just goes to show that Sarah is certainly not alone in this aspect of her story. In addition to many other aspects of Sarah's experience, she expressed not feeling supported by her family members or the community at large. Sarah talked about some of the daily trauma she deals with in the face of homelessness. They don't want to understand that they're homeless because they want to be that way. But the, the outreach is always open. That I do know. You know, they just look at it for take advantage of and they, you know, they just want to be out there for that. So they like it out there, you know, but not everybody does. But they don't have a choice. I've seen people sleeping in, in tents, you know, and, and stuff. And I'm like, I don't even want to be like that. <laughs> but look what I said when I opened up my mouth before it happened. But I just fear that they get, they they have their own decisions. They don't want to be out there. The help is there. I don't know about this place. I know people tell me about it, but I've seen a lot of other places. And Food Finders is also one of them. You know, and um, I just don't think that it's just not no challenge in their own. Just the door is there. I mean, I don't know what really too much to say. I never thought it would be this way. You know, I'm not specifically homeless, but I don't want to be there because I'm staying with his family, but I don't want to be with his family. I'm used to being with my friends. And I don't have family here in from Texas. You know, his family is not. They're good. They're good people. I'm just not wanting to live with a bunch of people. They feel like I pull out the support and it's not being thankful for it. You know, so I just try to save it. <laughs> I gotta try to save it. You know. This lack of support plays a large part in how Sarah has been able to process the multitude of emotions she's been feeling in the face of homelessness. Out of state, out of mind, depressed, not happy, not eating properly, unerected. To give me medicine for anorectic, but I didn't like what he was doing to me because it was supposed to help me gain weight. But he was also helping me sleep. He put two a tranquilizer along with it. <laughs> so I got the pills and I threw them away. And then take them. All I need to do is just make myself stable and know and realize and put the confidence. But I lost that too. I lost a lot of, I lost, like, I felt like the whole world just went upside down and just you know, flush away. I just kept crying. I've been crying ever since this happened. I just cried. I pulled myself up this way because I figured, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a try. It's gonna happen. 
The following excerpt is from an earlier conversation. My mind is not stable. I, I need to talk to a counselor to see what they tell me. But then my mind is not stable. It's tragedy, tragedy to me because I never thought it would happen. Just like that. Despite this, Sarah still finds time to volunteer at Food Finders as well as LTHC and be an active presence in her children's lives. During our interview, she pulled out her phone to show us a photo of her son at a football game, speaking of him proudly. In the face of this trauma, Sarah expressed joy and hope in her family and in the help that LTHC has been able to provide. Love, understanding, hugs, um, usually talking to someone else, you know. Um, my family is A number one with me. They're in Houston, they, they call me on the phone. Kind of picks me up, put a smile on my face. When it goes down, I'm not happy anymore. Sarah's story is not the only one. LTHC has served over 18 unique individuals, just like Sarah, in the greater Lafayette community by providing food, shelter, amenities, job assistance, and encouragement. LTHC is always in need of support, both through donations and volunteer work. If you would like to learn more about what LTHC is doing to help those experiencing homelessness or how you can help, visit their website at lthc.net or call 765-423-4880. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Voice Experiencing Homelessness. Join us again next time as we meet Annette J.